right, welcome back to another episode on the Expand Your Awareness podcast. My name is Aaron Dowdy, and today I'm going to be talking to you about some of the phases of manifestation. So I'm going to be talking more specifically about how we move through these different phases of manifestation, the different paradigms that we can create our life from and the kind of experiences we have in our life, and also some of the personal experiences I've had with how I've moved through the process of manifestation and how I create what I want in my life. Now, this has definitely evolved over the years because when I started my YouTube channel, maybe two, three years ago, there was a certain paradigm that was that I was in. Even before that, after I learned about the movie The Secret and I learned about a lot of the things that uh, that I even shared, like that even led me to, I guess you could quote, say, quote unquote, a spiritual awakening. There was a different paradigm there. And there are these different beliefs that also that came along with it. So I've also changed as I've gone through the process. But my intention with this episode is to help you understand a little bit more about the process in general, the different levels of manifestation that we can create from and how you can maybe more quickly move through the process so that you ultimately get to a place to where things just happen easier than ever. And to take it back a little bit, let me first off say that one of the paradigms that I still am around and I still use, but I'm, I'm realizing more and more doesn't have as much emphasis as it used to have, but nonetheless, it still does have some, but it's a different way that I relate to it. It's the paradigm of taking a lot of action. And uh, if you go back to my YouTube channel and you were to you know look at the videos from a year, a year or two ago, you would see a whole bunch of videos that have to do with taking a lot of action. And... I still believe that taking action is powerful, but I believe that what is important, it's the energy underneath the action that is important. Because if we're taking action from a place of I don't already have, if that's the place we're taking the action, then what we do is we create from a paradigm of lack. Now, this is something I had to come to understand, though, because I would, uh, it's funny, too. So I'll just explain this and then I'll kind of go back to explaining a little bit about where I used to work and how I used to see a direct reflection of what I experienced. But I realized that sometimes the best thing we can do is have an intention, which means a will, a like in a certain direction is like where we're putting our momentum and our focus. And to at the same time, align our emotion and our heart with it. Make sure it's something we're passionate about because many people... They may kind of in a way say, oh, so if I just continue to take action, I'll get results. But if you're not actually aligning your emotion with that, then you end up just taking a whole bunch of action that doesn't really get you anywhere. And you'll know because when you do it, you just won't feel, you won't feel a sense. You'll feel like you have to really try to do it. Like I get up every morning and I film a video every morning right when I get up. I don't have to really try to do that. It's just natural. Like I just, I get into a flow state in the morning. I make my videos and it's just kind of the way things happen. But that to me is a sign that maybe that is something I'm meant to be doing. And what I've noticed is the more that I trust that feeling, the more things happen in my life that I actually prefer to happen anyways. It's like trusting the feeling within you and knowing that if you feel like you're taking a lot of action and things aren't coming into fruition, then what it may be is simply you're not doing something you're passionate about. You're not getting the results that you want because you, you don't really feel it inside of your body. So my, my encouragement to you would be to start asking yourself new questions because if you ask yourself the question, what could I be more passionate about, you'll start to get more of whatever that could be. 
So for me, that's been, I luckily, I mean, I, it's not, it's not like I've been doing this my whole life. I've known for about five years I wanted to be on YouTube and only two years ago did I start taking a lot of action, but I knew it was meant to be because I started to feel very passionate about it. It wasn't as, I didn't have to try so hard because for a while I was working 40 hours a week and I was making daily videos on YouTube and I did that for four months and I was, I was maybe sleeping sometimes six hour, five, six hours a night getting up and then editing and posting a video and then going to work and then coming home and like I felt like I wasn't really... I was just always busy. Just time just went by so fast because I was always doing something. But here's the thing. I mean, that did get me a certain amount of results. But remember, it was also tied to my passion. Now, let me take it back a little bit as well. I would say that I used to work in one of the most the the most helpful places for seeing a one-on-one ref, on reflection to the law of attraction because I worked in a sales commission job. So I worked at Barney's New York for about five years. And before that, I worked for about four years at Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's in Las Vegas. So I worked in women's shoes. It was a purely, pretty much a purely uh, base commission job where I got paid a certain percentage. I got paid like 10% commission at one place at Nordstrom's and I got paid like less percentage of commission at Barney's, but the, the price point was way higher. So it's almost like I didn't have to work as hard. Whereas I would maybe help 20 customers a day at Nordstrom's and the average price would be like 200 bucks. All of a sudden I'm getting paid like a, a smaller percentage, but I'm getting, you know, $800 pair of shoes at Barney's New York was not uncommon. That was very common. And I would go into work every day and I would be able to see a f reflection of my state of being. So how I felt my intention, the goals that I set and the kind of response that I was getting. So like the, how customers would react and what I could see. And it was so cool because every day I'd go in and I, I'd set myself a goal. I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to make, you know, I want to sell $4,000 today because $4,000 means I make 400 bucks. And that's a pretty good day. You know, some days it'd be more. So you know, I'm feeling ambitious today. I wanted, I want to have like a, a $7,000 day. I want to make like 700 bucks, you know, and I would set these intentions and I would see how that would play out throughout my day. And I would have customers and I could kind of tell if I was feeling resistance. And there was a couple game changers that I, I realized when I was in this process. And there were days, I remember the first day that I actually, I actually learned about, uh, I read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think first actually I, I saw a video on YouTube of the power of intention with Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it was like a, it was like a seminar he was doing. This is back in 2011 or 2012. And I really started to get into the law of attraction. I thought I started to see how cool it was. And I started to just feel that there was some correlation between what I was thinking to what I was feeling. So I'd go to work every day. I'd be wearing my suit, you know, I'd be, um, going into work, clock in, and then I would go and I'd start selling and I'd have a certain goal kind of in the back of my mind, but I did something different one day. I, I really started to believe in it more. And I had this just belief that by the end of the day, I was going to sell a certain amount. And what I did is I wrote this amount on my mirror and I wrote down this amount of $8,663. And, so $8, and, $8, I wrote that down on my mirror. And what I did is I said, I'm going to sell this much before I come home today, like at the end of the day, I imagined myself checking my number because we could like put in our employee number. I still remember my number too. It was seven, eight, four, five, four, three, one. Isn't that amazing how like you can remember things are kind of embedded in you, even though it's been like seven years, you know? Um, so I, I knew that seven, eight, four, five, four, three, one. I would check my number at the end of the day and I would see that said eight, six, six, three. That's what I would see. 
And uh, what I did is I wrote that on the mirror and I just had that vision. And I went to work that day. In the first half of the day, there wasn't much business. Like the, the thing at Nordstrom's is that we could help as many customers as we want. So like there was this rule at, at Barney's that like you had, if you had a customer, you weren't really supposed to pick up another customer. You had to pass it off to someone else. Whereas at Nordstrom's, it was like, you just, you know, if like, if you're hot, like if you're on, like there's customers keep coming up to you, then it was kind of cool because I could see the contagiousness of energy, you know? So I, um, th throughout the day, it was like normal busyness. It wasn't that busy. I think I went to lunch that day and I went to lunch and I was only at like maybe 1200 bucks for the day. So I was like, huh, you only have four hours left. I don't know how I'm going to sell 8663, you know, but I went back, I went to lunch. I, I kind of relaxed and then I came back and I just got into this mode. I got into this groove and we started to get busy. We started like customers started coming in and it wasn't even necessarily that we got so crazy busy, but I remember that customers just kept coming up to me. It was like there was this contagious energy about me. I was like this flow state. And I was selling shoes. You know, I wasn't the most passionate about selling shoes, but I was passionate about selling. I was passionate about interacting with people. So I kept helping people. And it was like before the end, I got so busy that before the end of the night and I was getting ready to pack it up, like putting away the shoes and stuff and straightening up and I was getting ready to close. I was like, oh yeah, I got to check my number. I almost forgot to check my number. I checked my number. And when I checked it, with returns and everything, because every day would get some returns and stuff. With returns and everything, it came. I, I ended up having a. There was this uh, client that came in, didn't speak any English. She was from China. She, I remember, she bought just so much stuff. She's like, I'll take this, and I. She just kind of walked around. I was showing her stuff. She's like, Okay, I'll take that too. She was like, a really easy customer. She ended up buying like I think she alone bought like three or four thousand dollars. That was like one of the last customers I had, and it was actually somebody that someone passed off to me. So I used to work with this guy named Philip. This real positive dude. He passed on. This customer, he's like, listen, I want to leave. If you want this customer, you can have it. He didn't know if she was going to buy anything. And he has good energy. So I was like, he normally picks up pretty good customers. And I know this sounds like a weird thing, but if people pick up, you know, certain people attract certain type of customers. So sometimes people would be like, hey, can you take this customer? And if it was somebody asking me that didn't have energy that really vibed with me, sometimes they're like, no, I got other stuff going on. You know, I wouldn't. But I picked it up from him because he had good energy. So I pick up this customer and she bought like three or $4,000 worth. At the end of the night, I'm sitting there, I'm checking my number, just kind of how I kind of visualized it. And I checked my number and it was like 86.74. It was like within, it was within like dollars of the amount that I put on the mirror, within dollars. And to me, that proved to me that there's some legitimacy with the law of attraction. And for me, because honestly, $8,663 that is like double or triple the amount that we would sell on average. A good day on average is like 3000 Because if you sold 3000 you made 300 bucks. It's pretty good, you know? So that amount was a lot more than what we would normally sell. That was kind of like an unrealistic number, but I knew that if I simply believed it, I would eventually experience it. Or I could at least open up the potential for it. So that was the intention I had. Before the end of the night, I saw 86 74 whatever it was it wasn't the exact amount but it was with like 10, it was within $10 i remember it was pretty it was pretty close and from that moment on i simply knew okay this is something i'm going to study and that led me to constantly paying attention from that moment on to my energy my mindset what i went in for the day and i just that became my playground of the law of attraction because for years afterwards i still was always you know working a sales commission job but i would pay attention to how i feel what kind of mindset did I go in? What did I visualize that day? How was I speaking to other people? What kind of, uh, what kind of um, you know, what kind of energy did I have that day? And there's a couple things I've learned. I'm going to share with some of those with you today because I think that they can change your life. One of the biggest game changers I've had 
has been something I talk about a lot, but it's the most understated and undervalued idea of that, of the law of attraction, I believe, and it's understanding the self-image. Because a lot of times I would go to work and I'd be like, okay, I want to sell you know, $4,000, $5,000 today. I want to sell $10,000 today. I want to sell this amount every day. That's what I want to sell. And I would set those intentions to sell that amount. But sometimes what I realized is the block was is I didn't see it as a part of my natural self-image. So this was, a, this was something that changed for me. I started, I read about the self-image. There's a book out there. It's called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. It's written by a guy that was a plastic surgeon that would notice, a plastic surgeon, that would notice that if somebody had surgery but didn't change their self-image, they didn't really change their perception of themselves, they wouldn't actually experience the change in their life. But what he realized is that if people started to see themselves differently, their whole lives would change. So what he would work with as a plastic surgeon is he, a surge, I keep saying surgeon. That's kind of weird. As a, pla- as a plastic surgeon is he would help people change their self-image before the surgery. And a lot of times when he did that, people didn't even need the surgery. Kind of funny how it works, but I've also t- hold, uh, heard Tony Robbins talk about it as well. The power of changing the self-image. So that was something that I decided I was going to learn as well. So what I did was is I changed my viewpoint of it. Instead of goaling myself, right? Here I am. I'm going to go into work today. I'm going to sell, you know, $5,000 worth or whatever it is. I simply changed my self-image and saw myself. I When I imagined Aaron, I imagined Aaron as, this is in the time, you know, I sell, you know, the Aaron was able, that I imagined was able to sell $5,000 a day on average. It was just an average. It was natural. And that was just a part of who I am. Here's something else I imagined. Now, I'm not saying competition is necessarily good, but this is something that I did. Every day at Nordstrom's where I used to work, we used to get a sheet of paper that was put on the wall of the top salespeople from the day before. Now, I worked in salon shoes, which is designer shoes, which means there were shoes that ranged from $200 all the way up to, uh, you know, $1,000, $1,500, $1,500. just naturally see myself as, uh, as, a, as being able to sell a certain amount, but my self-image prior was on a certain autopilot, right? I just visualized myself. I was always in the middle. I wasn't the worst salesperson. As like, I wasn't like the least a salesperson, but I also wasn't normally the most, right? And every day, it was like this ego thing because you go check your numbers. You check the day before. Oh, this person sold a lot. Oh, Tony sold a lot. Oh, um, Aaron sold a lot. Oh, this person sold a lot. And it was kind of nosy because everyone can kind of know how much you sold. At, Nord- at Nordstrom's, that was the case. At Barney's New York, it wasn't the case. You didn't know how much unless somebody told you. You really didn't know. It was, it was, it was, I was like, oh, you can't check other people's numbers. Cause at Nordstrom's for five years, I was able to always check other people's numbers to know how I compared to everyone else. As if like, if I, if I was selling more than everyone else, then I felt great. And if I wasn't, then I didn't feel so good. Why is everyone else selling so much and I'm not, you know, that was like the mindset. But I started to just see myself as one of the people on the top of the list. I didn't see myself like, oh, Aaron's better than everyone else. I just, when I get it, went in every day, I looked at this list and I was always the first or the second person. And I did this, and I started to imagine myself as that, and I started to act like that. I started to know that customers just came up to me naturally because I had such contagious energy. I started to kind of view myself as this, and the funny thing was, within a day or two of doing this, guess what? It started to work. It started to work. Like, I would go into work, and I would be busy, and I would have, like, there'd be other salespeople standing around, but people would come up to me, because they wanted help from me, and I, it was part of this natural cycle of the, this flow state I would get into, 
But also, I just naturally saw myself as being able to do that. I saw myself as like, that is who I am now. And I'd go in every day, and I would check my number, or I would look at the sheet from the day before, and from and I would see that I was one of the top salespeople. That became my new norm. And it was like that until I left, because then I went through, <laughs> then I kind of went through a spiritual awakening. This is in the 2012. I went through a spiritual awakening, and it didn't really resonate for me to work at Nordstrom's anymore. I was like, oh, I'm spiritual now. I don't, I don't need to do this whole 3D stuff of, you know, like I, it just didn't, Nordstrom's, there were some things that happened, to be honest with you. There was, um, there was a manager that got hired that he was really weird to me. He had like a crush on me and it was like this weird thing, but I, I'm not gay. So it was like this, like, I kind of had to like put like, bro, you know, this, I don't feel comfortable with you talking to me like this and stuff. And it became this thing to where then it, it created resistance. And, um, I, I worked there for five years. So I thought I had some credibility or like I thought that if I went to HR, it would be something that got, like kind of got taken care of um, because it was like inappropriate, you know, but they backed up their manager. They didn't back up me. And I was like, oh, they should have. So I got bitter. So I was like, screw this place. So I just kind of quit. And then it was uh, shortly afterwards that I went through like my spiritual awakening. And when I went through my spiritual awakening, a lot changed. I went inwards. I started to understand a lot more about just reality in general or just how I related to reality. And then I went to like my own kind of state for six months. For six months, I was kind of focused on me going through my own process of going inwards, of understanding. It, it was like a whole new world, to be honest with you. Like I just felt so different. I've kind of explained this story before, but I used to feel a certain way. And on a scale of one to 10, I'd feel like on a general, I was feeling like a three to a five. And then all of a sudden, I was feeling like I was at maybe a, a seven out of 10. And I started feeling really good. And I didn't really know why, but it was like, I think part of this like spiritual awakening that I went through. And I remember walking around my room thinking, is this always going to last? Like, is this going to go away? And then it, it never really went away. It just became my natural set point. And, and it, once again, I'm not saying it's enlightenment by any means, but it's like that spiritual awakening that I went deeper. And when I went deeper, I realized it made me understand that really reality, what we experience as reality is just the, the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so much more. There's so much more to who we are. And sometimes the things that we want to create in our life may just be very limiting. We might be like, oh, this is what I want. But maybe that's just the ego's perspective. And maybe from a higher point of view, there's really so much more that we can experience in our life. So for a while, I was working at, like I said, I was working at Nordstrom's. And then what happened is I, uh, I quit there because I, I wasn't agreeing with the way that you know management was and the HR was and stuff. And it just didn't resonate with me anymore. So for six months, I just kind of did my own thing, kind of went inwards. And then eventually I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to come up with this game plan of eventually doing, I, kn I knew that I was going to eventually one day be like a speaker or on YouTube or something, but I didn't know how. I just knew that it was eventually going to happen. So I was like, okay, let me get like a, a job again. So I, I went at Barney's. It was kind of similar, but it, you know, it was like the next step, I guess you could say. And it was a different vibe. It was like, you didn't help as many people, but it was more so figuring out quality. And I found it as a good way too, because I could be around people that made you know, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year. And by be ar being around these people, I'm gonna be able to kind of see how that is, see what that kind of person thinks about. And I just, I've always been into personal development and self-help. So that was kind of like the next genre of my life. So I started working at Barney's New York. Um, and I, and it was a similar thing. I started to see myself as able to sell a certain amount, my self-image. I was able to see, I'd go in and have intentions for how much I wanted to sell. And I would see kind of that. And just to kind of fast forward, because it's kind of similar, I'd kind of go back and forth and see the kind of experiences that I have with, you know, my commission, how much I sold. That led me to eventually, I became aware that what I want to do is be on YouTube. 
And I was like, I, because I was watching all of these other YouTubers and stuff and they had these cool ideas. But I was like, you know, I have my own ideas. Like I have my own perspectives that are different. And I'm not saying they're better than, you know, all these other people that I saw online, but they are different. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making my own videos. So I started a YouTube channel. This is like two, three years ago. Two, three years ago, I started making a YouTube channel. So making a YouTube channel and I, I did one video a week. And I remember I was like the first video I did, it was like, man, you could so you could still go back on the channel. You could watch it. It was like, I think the title pops up. It just has title in the middle of my face or something like that. And it just, it just wasn't, you know, it was like the epitome of what you think of as someone's first video that has no idea what they're doing. I had to learn, it took me like an hour and a half to edit the first video. And I, there were no cuts or anything. It was just like a one straight video, but I didn't know how to do, I didn't know how to upload it, didn't know how to upload it to YouTube, didn't know how to like do an iMovie because I was using a Mac at the time. I was using my ex-girlfriend's Mac. Um, and I was doing that and it was like, okay, I uploaded that. And I remember I was so nervous the first time I put out a video that I was, I was like, I, I like texted my mom and I, I was trying to have like my mom like my video on Facebook because I was nervous. What if the people don't like it? And it was, it was a video on like top ways to like find your purpose or something. And it was a really cringy video. I watch it now. I'm so cringy, but I had to, everyone has to put out their first video. If you're thinking about putting, going online, the first 10 videos generally are going to, they're not going to be that great, but you're going to get better as you go. So it's just like, you just got to pump through them. You know what I mean? You just got to go through it. You got to figure it out as you go. And that's kind of what I did is I, I put out the video. It wasn't that great. And I had this, I had this thing in my mind. I was like, man, I'm going to have such contagious energy. People are just going to, you know, my first like five, 10 videos. I was like, man, I'm going to grow so quick. I just had like this kind of perspective. And then I post these videos and they're getting like 80 views. You know what I mean? They're like not that many views at all. And I was like, oh man, is this what I meant to be doing? So I kept making a video a week. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep making a video a week. So I just kept doing it. And for a long time, I was that friend in the friends group that was like, oh, you know, he's doing the whole YouTube thing. He's trying really hard. You know, like he's just, he's just trying, he's that guy doing, do, doing his hobby, you know? And I was working at, I was working at Barney's and I did, I was doing both, you know? And, uh, for a long time I was, I was living like that. And then eventually, eventually I, I was like, I just wasn't, I knew that I wanted things to move quicker, but I was always looking on the outside for things to happen. I, I figured it was going to happen through like some thing, like someone is, I always thought for some reason that like someone was going to come up to me and be like, they see potential in me and they just, they like invested money and time and they trained me and then I became big. That's always what I thought. And I remember I was at North Barney's one time. I was at Barney's and I was working and up walks. I don't know if you guys know who Jack Canfield is. Jack Canfield is like the movie. Uh, he was in, uh, was he in the movie, the secret? Yeah. He was in the movie, the secret. Plus he owns, uh, he made like was the curator of the books, uh, this, the chicken noodle soup for the soul books. And he's a big guy, big name guy, big author, well-known in the community, well-known in the law of attraction niche. And, um, I remember he came up to me and this is the cool thing. I was, I was working in woman's shoes and he came up to me because he couldn't find a salesperson in the, at the clothes for, he was buying something for his wife. He couldn't find anybody over there. So he came up to me. Of all people, he came up to me and he goes, hey, can you ring me up for this? I don't see anyone else over there. I was like, absolutely. And I recognized him, but it didn't really click for me for some reason. Because when you see people online, they look different in real life. Like you may meet me one day and you'd be like, oh, you look different than what I thought. You know, you never know. But I saw Jack Kinfield in person and he was wearing a lot of makeup in the secret, you know. So like he just looked a little different, looked a little older, you know. So I was like, yeah. So I go into the back, you know, where we ring up. I was ringing him up. He pulled out a Black American Express card, said Jack Canfield, and it was like his, um, what was it called, Canfield? And I still have the business card, actually. It's in my drawer somewhere. But I always kept it as a reminder. But I remember, and I, I, it clicked who he was. He had a Black American Express card, which, if, if you don't know, was like made out of the titanium. 
and it's like this uh, real hard. You, it's it pretty much screaming, "I got a lot of money!" Like to get that card, you have to spend over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on just credit, like just on credit, which means that you, your business makes millions if you're able to have that card. You're a millionaire if you have that card for the most part. So, um, so. I, it clicked for me, Jack Canfield. I was like, oh, yeah, that's who you are. And I was all excited and stuff. And I told him. And I was like, you know, one day I'm going to do what you do. And I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Like, I don't know. I was like that hopeful little guy, you know, like, oh, you're so like you're so cute. You know, I was like, yeah, what, I was like, honestly, you're, you're, what you do, I'm going to do one day. Like, I, I learned this stuff. I understand a lot of it. You know, I knew that he was big into like Napoleon Hill and um, uh, some of like the old school people, you know. And I told him, he goes, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I actually train people. I, I train people to do what I do in uh, Scottsdale and, and uh, Palms in Santa Barbara or something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, I, I train people to do what I do. So here's my card, and uh, you can email me or whatever. I was like, that's cool, you know. So that was a big thing for me. I was like, whoa, that's a sign. I mean, that's something I'm going to be doing one day. And I still kept it to this day because not to be cocky or anything, but, like, I'm kind of living that lifestyle now. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm at his level or anything, but – I know that one day as I grow, there'll become a day where I can kind of say and kind of tell the story again that one day I met Jack Canfield, told him, I'm going to do what you do one day, and now I'm doing what he does one day. And I kind of already am. I, I make YouTube videos. Um, I get messages every day from people, people saying the videos helped. You know, I'm sure he gets the same thing, or he's gotten the same thing for probably like decades now. But nonetheless, and I'm not saying any of this to be cocky, be like, look at what I did, but I'm saying like, wherever you are, like, don't underestimate what you can do in a year or two, because now I'm living that lifestyle and I do what I want when I want to do it. I'm living with more abundance than I ever have in my life. And I believe it's just because I'm living the principles. Like, I'm living what I teach. And I want to help other people get the same results. So, okay. So, I, I remember that was kind of an off-tangent story, but I wanted to share it with you. So, I talked to Jack Canfield, told him that. He's like, okay, cool, you know. And um, I looked at his training online, by the way. And it was like, it was like 15, 20 bucks. Or 15, 20. 15 to $20,000 to do like a week-long training with him. And I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, you know. Um from making like, you know, I was making like four to five grand a month at Barney's New York, sometimes a little more depending. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pay 15, 20 grand for that or whatever it was. So I just kind of went down my day. And one day I was walking around. I was like, you know what? Um, what? I just had this feeling. I asked myself this question. What is one thing that I could do every day that over the course of the next year will just radically change my life? That if I look back from a year from now and I look back, I'm like, wow, my life is totally different. And there was just this feeling I got. I was in the hallway. Uh at my house. And I just, it got this feeling, make a video a day, every day, make a video a day, every day, make a video every day, no matter what. And that's what I started to do. I started to make a video every single day. And it wasn't easy. Like I said, I was at Nordstrom or I was at Barney's. I was going to work every day, working 40 hours a week. I was filming constantly, constantly filming. Um, sometimes going to getting home at midnight cause we're open 20, you know, we're open so many longer hours here in Vegas. So I would go, I would make that kind of, uh, you know, I would, I'd get home at midnight. Sometimes I'd have to film a video, edit a video, post a video, go to bed at four in the morning, then wake up at like nine or 10, go to work. It was just like, man, it was like a lot of, um, a lot of work, but I knew it was gonna, I had this feeling it was gonna be worth it. And then a month into it, like three weeks into it, I had a video that started to pop on YouTube. And the video started to pop. It was a subconscious mind video, which when I watch, I still think it's kind of cringy. My eyes do this really wide. My eyes open up really loud, like wide, and it looks kind of cringy for me to watch. But nonetheless, it started to pop. And I went from getting, I had like 3,000 subscribers. I had like 2,000 subscribers when I made the decision, I'm going to go daily. This is February 2017. And within all of a sudden, 
I'm starting to get like three to 600 subscribers a day. I'm like, things are starting to pop. Things are starting to happen. Like it's really starting to happen. But the thing with YouTube is it's not like you start getting 600 a day on subscribers and then you just, you have that forever. It, it comes in waves. So that happened. And then all of a sudden, like my state of being was so dependent on this results with YouTube that I would start to feel really good when things were going really well. But then like I'd have a couple days where I was only getting 200 subscribers a day. I'm like, oh, am I losing it? Am I losing it? And then it would kind of level off and go down to 80 or 100. And this was like the first couple months of, you know, me going daily. But uh, what happened was, is I just kept, I just kept on that vision. Like, imagine if I would have given up and be like, oh, well, it's not happening quickly as I want. I gave up. Then it wouldn't, it would have just kind of the momentum would have stopped. But for me, I just knew, like, this was my truth. If I make a video a day, every day, I'm gonna like change my life. It'll be so different. Well, this is what happened. From taking action, you know, this is why I say I've, I've kind of pr- like told people taking action is so powerful. But it's powerful only when it's really connected to what you're passionate about. So what I did is I started taking action. And I, from that point going forward, continued to make a video a day. My channel went from 3,000 subscribers to like 25,000 subscribers in one month. From that moment on, I've grown by about 15 to 30,000 subscribers a month ever since. And it fluctuates on the videos and stuff. But nonetheless, it's been very steadily growing. And, and it's like now it, within three to four months, I didn't put ads on my videos as well for the first like you know, for the first like year, because I was like, oh, I just want to get to a hundred thousand subs because it'll be worth it. And then I'll, and then I'll, and then I'll put on, um, ads. Right. So I waited and then I eventually put on ads and the ads were a lot more than I thought. You know, I, I, I was kind of opposed to ads at first. Cause like, I don't want to make people watch ads, but I was like, you know what, what resonates with me is if I, if I give them the skippable ads, I will not force people to watch videos. And even now, if you go to my channel, you will not find videos that I'm forced you to watch a 15 second ad. You can skip after three seconds, you know? So I was like, uh, that resonates with me. You know, that's not a huge deal. But that allowed me. Then all of a sudden I'm making, you know, a couple grand a month extra on that. Plus I, I learned how to – I was coaching people. So I was like, you know what? I can do this. Like by August, the end of August 2017 was my last time ever working at Barney's New York. My last day was working for a McGregor Mayweather fight. I, I stayed. I was going to leave earlier on in the month. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait because when I leave then, then what will happen is – uh. Then I want to work that day because I, I knew it was going to be so busy. And that's like my celebration. I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch that fight um, at a friend's house. And like that's my celebration of also never working a job again because I just knew that I knew that I was going to figure it out and never have to go back to a job again because what I know about marketing online now, what I know about business, what I know about the online world is there's so much potential. It is f- crazy. And the fact that I just, I just know, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So now that I know what I know, it's like, now it's like, it's a powerful, it's powerful stuff. So online is powerful side note. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I, that was the last time I ever worked a job. And since then it's like, you know, more abundance than ever before I could ever imagine. Actually, uh, things are moving very fast. And from then on, I was, I was really promoting on my channel action because action has served me so well. But the thing is, is action is powerful, but it needs to be also linked to passion. It just so happens that my passion is making videos, so it leverages out well for me. But then what happened is I went to a place in Costa Rica called Rhythmia. And at Rhythmia, I had this experience of just letting go. We did this transformational breath work. And this transformational breath work, you're breathing in, you're breathing in all this oxygen, and you bring in all this oxygen, and what happens is all this stored emotion from your early on. I had a big, you know, my childhood was kind of rough. I went through a lot of, like, uh, physical and mental abuse from an ex-stepmom. And um, when I went through that, I had a lot of emotion that was stored inside my body. And what happened is I did this transformational breath work at, rhythm, you know, at this place in Costa Rica called Rhythmia. 
And I'm actually going back to Rhythmia with my buddy Victor Odo and uh, a couple other YouTubers as well. The best time to go of the year is November 11th, the week of November 11th. There's going to be a link. You're going to get a discount if you decide to go and you decide to join. Um, actually, I'll link to my experience. You can hear about my whole experience and you can uh, see if it's something that resonates with you. If so, you get $150 off and you get to go with me, Victor Odo. Um, I think Lior Alexandra is going and Wake Up Fulfilled, uh, Gavin, um, his channel. So you got a whole bunch of YouTubers going and we're going to be having a great time. We already got like 20 people, subscribers going. So if you want to come with us, it's where you take plant medicine, um, which is like ayahuasca. And you also, so it's four nights of that and you get to choose if you don't, you're not forced to do it or anything. I was reluctant to do it. Let me tell you that too. I was reluctant to do it, but I ended up, um, pushing through it, deciding to do it. I'm very glad I did because it, it showed me some of the stuff I'm going to teach. I'm going to share with you right now, but nonetheless, um, anyways, back to, that was a whole side note, but there's a discount link in the bio or in the uh, show notes if you're interested in it. And, um, yeah, anyways, let me get back to what I was talking about. Anyways, transformational breath work. I go in, I'm waiting for Victor to get in when I went back in November of last year. And, um, I'm waiting for him, and there was this transformational breath workshop. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. So what I did is I went and I, you know, you do this certain, you go into this room. First off, it's in this beautiful, like, like room that's in the middle of, like, trees and stuff like that. And it's like an indoor-outdoor room kind of with big windows. And uh, there's this guy, in the, you know, his name's Christian. He's the transformational breath, like, workshop leader there. And um, there's, like, 30 or there's like thirty of us. And what we do is we lay down, and we do this certain breathing technique. And he explains to us that our emotions are stored inside of our bodies, and our beliefs are stored inside of our bodies. And you can actually look at someone with their breathing pattern and tell their kind of personality traits. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit as well. I found that interesting. But nonetheless, we do this breathing exercise. And when we were doing this breathing exercise, you breathe like this deep breath in and you do this for like 45, 50 minutes. And when you're doing it, it just, it changes the way that you feel. And eventually as weird as this sounds, it sounds negative, but it's not, but eventually your body goes completely numb. And when your body goes numb, you start to feel this wave of emotion come through your body. And you have this, I, you have this choice to let go of the emotion that no longer serves. And part of this emotion that I, that I felt come up with this, was this control. My hands did this praying mantis type position. Like my hands curled up in front of me and I felt this real tenseness inside my hands. And I realized that that tenseness, I just intuitively knew that in, that intenseness was my ego, my ego trying to control everything. So my ego is always trying to control everything. You know, I developed this kind of armor, this shield around me of somebody that just has to always create something. So like I always viewed myself as somebody that like had to have this strong discipline in order because it served me so well with becoming successful and growing on YouTube. So I, I developed this armor around me, but also that stemmed from my childhood of kind of going through the, the abuse of my ex-stepmom. So I had to become this kind of person of control. I had to control myself because otherwise other people were going to control me. I developed this belief. So I feel this sensation leaving my body. I felt these emotions come up and I just felt, I just kept thinking to myself, let go, let go, let go. And I just felt after this, I just felt this euphoria flush through my body. And I realized that I was letting go of stored emotion from years and years. And my breathing pattern began to change. And after that, I had, I went through the four nights of the ceremony as well. And I, the whole message I got the whole trip was let go. You trying to control it. Your ego's trying to control everything. Let go, allow things to be easier, allow things to be easier. And I, it was something I was reluctant to at first, but I just really got the message. Things can be easier than you think. Let go. So from that point going forward, 
I, my whole life began to change because I started to let go of the outcome more. I started to realize that I don't, I am only trying to do everything from my ego's perspective, but I can let go of the ego. I can let go of the control. And that's what I started to do is I started to let go of the control. And I started to say, you know what, can the, can the universe manifest with me? You know, I have good intentions. Like my intentions are to help people wake up, like to help people become more aware of their thoughts and how they correlate with their experience. And I know that, but why am I trying to do it all? Why, you know, the universe wants that as well. And I started to say, you know what, I'm going to allow things to happen. So from that point going forward, I started to allow more. I started to let go of the outcome. I started to become aware of my breathing patterns. And I started becoming aware of how I could just, I was trying to always control my breath as well. Like after that whole breathing transformation thing, I talked to one of the transformational breath workshop people and I asked her, I said, just looking at my breathing pattern, because she would come throughout the exercise. There was a couple of practitioners. They would readjust our breathing and have us like breathe in a little bit different way so that we could become aware of how we should be breathing. And she said, just looking at you, I can tell that you're an overachiever. You breathe through your back and you breathe like this armor around you. You, you, it's a very common in people that are, that end up being successful or that are, that are successful. But the drawback of that, the double, it's like a double edged sword. There's, you know, the other side of that is that you feel like you have to control everything and therefore you create a lot of resistance and you think things have to be hard and that you have to always work hard. And she said that you can start to let that go. And that's what I started to do. So it's kind of an interesting idea. People that breathe shallow just may not feel confident about themselves. So you can tell that that's part of their shallow breathers. Maybe they don't believe in themselves as much. So through our breath, we can change our whole life by breathing in a completely new way. So this is something I realized. So I started to let go more. So then what I did is I started to more so focus on how I could let go, how I can allow things to happen, how I could completely reconstructure my beliefs about manifestation in general. So what I started to do is I started to see things in my life as able to be easier so I went home from that Rhythmia experience, which was, you know, I had a great experience. I go back in November, like I said, I'm excited to go, and I'll probably even go deeper on that. It'll probably be a similar message, to be honest with you, because it's always a process of letting go. I'm not enlightened, you know. I still have an ego, and I'm still, like, growing my business, growing my YouTube channel, and growing my influence. So there's an ego attached to that, but I'm learning to let go more and more to just kind of, you know, this new level. Now, here's, the, here's a cool thing. When we align our intentions to helping and adding value to other people, the universe then wants to work with us even more so because as much as we create our own reality, there's also a co-collective effort here where there is a universal intention. There's a universal intention for people to, uh, to expand. And when you help other people expand by you being yourself, you are adding to that collection of co-creation power. So I, re I became aware of this and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on how much value can I add other people. And as I focus on adding value to other people, I know that this is going to come back to me and I can allow this to be easier. So I started to see why do I believe this has to be so hard? Well, I believe that because first off, we have these ideas about success in general. We believe things have to be hard and it's only hard from the self image that says that I'm not already there. It's only hard from the self image that says that this has to be hard. You know, it can be easy. What if it was simply the definition that was holding us back? So I started to, in instead, I started to view everything in my life as able to be easy. I started to view everything in my life as more so a part of the process. If something came up that looked like a problem, it's part of the process. It's leading me to somewhere else. Then everything in my life became an opportunity. And since then, amazing things have happened. 
I've been able to let go of the outcome. I still do what I love every day, but there's, there's honestly more abundance in my life than ever before. But it's also because I've learned how to decrease importance. This is something else. I'm going to talk about this more in the next episode, but I've come across a process that's called reality transurfing. Reality transurfing is the most powerful manifestation process I've ever found. It's also a way for seeing the world that has totally shifted my life. And it's because now I'm able to see things in a new light. Everything in our life that we want to experience already exists because there's an infinite number of parallel realities that do exist. And because of that, we don't have to create it. We don't have to even attract it. We just are. Now, so this is like the self-image as well. The way you view yourself is the parallel reality you are syncing up with. And when I became aware of this, when I, you know, this is more recent, I, I last like year, I read Reality Transurfing, which is a book written by Vadim Zeland, who is a quantum physicist in Russia. It's kind of a dry book. It's a long, long book. It's kind of hard for some people to understand. But nonetheless, I've had a lot of people email me saying it's changed their lives. But nonetheless, that's why I also teach Reality Transurfing. I have a whole Reality Transurfing Academy. And if you go on my website, AaronDowdy.com, you can check that out on the front page. But Reality Transurfing Academy, where I, you know, I teach people how to, uh, how to use it. Um, I coach them through the process. I give them weekly videos that shows them exactly how to do that with meditations. And then there's Q&As so that we can create a mastermind because there's also this thing where we, when we are focused on certain outcomes together, co-collectively, we create with each other. We create a mastermind. We create this momentum of energy that just makes it more probable that things happen. Now, anybody that's in a public figure is a part of this. Like I have, there's what is called a pendulum. A pendulum is a thought structure. A pendulum is a metaphor that we use to understand that anytime many of us focus on the same thing, we increase the energy of that. So in a way, by being on YouTube, I am a pendulum. People focus on the value I can give, and then that creates more and more growth because of the wave of that thought form. Now, that's why I always recommend people, do not put things about yourself that aren't going well in your life on social media. What you do is when you post that on social media, what you do is you make it so that's more of something that grows in your life because then more people are focused on you having problems and that increases the momentum of that. So I know this sounds like a new idea, but I promise you it's powerful. And that's why in the mastermind group that I have, you know, part of the Reality Transurfing Academy, is we focus just on that. We focus on how we can co-collectively focus on us all getting the results that we want. And it seems to work. I mean, we've been doing it for four or five months now and there's been amazing results from people. So that's why we keep doing it. But what I'm, the reason I'm telling you all this is because reality transurfing, understanding how to not put things on a pedestal, because that's kind of what we do when we, when we have goals and we make it really important that certain things happen, is we put it on a pedestal, we create resistance. And when we put things on a pedestal, we're reaffirming that we are not currently where we want to be. We put it on a pedestal, we're saying, we're looking at it from the self-image that I am not already there. So therefore, what we are doing is we're making and creating more resistance in our life. So what I've realized is when I take things off a pedestal and I see it as natural for me to attain my goals, as natural for me to be experiencing what I want, as natural for me to be uh, doing and experiencing like the kind of goals that I have, then I realize that everything begins to change. So also... It's about being connected to the heart. This is the last thing I'll talk about. In the next episode, I'll do a whole episode on reality transurfing, how that's changed my life, and how we can easily apply it in our life. But connecting to our heart energy, the HeartMath Institute has shown that the electromagnetic power of the heart is thousands of times more powerful than that of the head. So what I've been doing is I learned that, and I've been doing this thing where we connect. I connect my heart to my head, and by doing so, 
I found that it makes me feel we create what's called mind-heart coherence. And by doing that, it changes absolutely everything. Now, normally the way that we think about visualization is we think that we are going to visualize and then experience what we want in our life. By visualizing it, hopefully that comes to fruition. But what visualization really is, is by visualizing it, we get our heart to feel a certain way. And by feeling a certain way, that then brings more of the experience that we want in our life because everything is about resonance. So think about this more in the terms of vibration. So when it comes to this, though, when we change the electromagnetic energy of our heart, that is what creates our life. You know, when we create from the head, we're creating from a dualistic type nature. We're creating from the left brain, right brain, good, bad, light, dark. And we create duality. If we want something, we also create the potential that we don't get what we want. So instead, create from your heart. Your heart is a singular point of focus. The heart does not have duality. The heart is more connected to the present moment. So this is where I began to really tap into a whole new level of manifestation, a whole new paradigm. And this is what's been really changing my life. And even right now, as you're listening to this, what you can do is just begin to put the attention in your heart. Put your hands over your heart if you like. And if you do this for a couple minutes, you'll begin to grow this electromagnetic energy around your body and you'll begin to feel totally different. You'll begin to feel more present to the moment and you're going to start to create this coherence between your mind and your heart. And I promise you, this changes everything. This sounds so simple. It is. But it changes everything because then as you start to connect your heart more, you start to resonate with a whole new reality. And with reality transurfing, it's about connecting to the power of our heart, the electromagnetic energy of our heart. And when we do that, we start to create from a much more potent place. But it's about first off connecting to that space. So that's why in the next episode, what I'll do is I'll talk more about reality transurfing and how we can connect to our heart. I'll go more detail all about all of this, but I hope that today what you're able to do is kind of come and see that there are different levels of manifestation. And one, maybe you got to take a lot of action. So I want to encourage you. Are you taking no action at all right now? And what results are you getting from that? Maybe the, maybe the answer is to take action, but are you taking action from a place of this is what I'm passionate about? So be aware of whatever that is. And if you're taking too much action, maybe you're feeling resistance. Let go. Let go of the outcome. Let the universe manifest with you instead of you thinking you have to do everything. That's something that you may find very beneficial. Pay attention to your breathing. Breathe in deep. Let go. Stop trying to control the breath. Observe the thoughts. These are all things that will help you to get to a whole new paradigm. Maybe see if you're putting things on a pedestal, making things very important, because the moment you make something very important is the moment you also create resistance around it. Are you desiring things too much? Because many times the feeling of desire is also sending a signal that says, I don't currently have that. If we say, I really, really, really want that, we're also saying, I really, really, really don't have that. Because the version of us that has it, it's natural. It just has it, right? The version of you doing exactly what you want to be doing in the perfect relationship, doing what you want with your career, that's just who you are. It's, it's not like, oh, I really, really hope. You know, it just is. Start to see things as natural for you. Start to let go of the outcome. Take action if that resonates with you, but do it from a place of being connected to your heart. Connect to your heart center more, and I promise you, you're going to start to see amazing things happen in your life. So that's what I encourage you to do. On the next episode, we'll go deep into that of reality transurfing. 
I encourage you to uh, check out, if it resonates with you, check out the Reality Transurfing Academy. I also have a lot of videos on it on YouTube about Reality Transurfing. But if you go to my website, you'll see the Reality Transurfing Academy. If you want for a low, it's not that expensive at all. And what you get is you get a whole bunch of stuff. You get private meditations, premium videos. You get uh, Q&As with me twice a month. You get a whole mastermind of people that are very similar-minded. And it's an amazing amount of value. And it's why I have it, because I want to help people get the results they want with this powerful process. So if that resonates with you, check that out on AaronDowdy.com. As always, you can also follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Dowdy44. Aaron underscore Dowdy44. That's me on Instagram. And as always, I want to thank you for being here today. And I will look forward to talking to you on the next video. Peace, much love, and namaste.